Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Hi, I'm Fred Ottman. You may know me as Tugboat, Typhoon, or the Shockmaster. I want to say you're listening to the Neverland podcast. <laughs> another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders, and fly away with me to Neverland. But first, of course, you have to grab your happiest thought and sprinkle some pixie dust around. You did remember to do that, right? Well, we are going to have some more fun with the Kansas City Comic Con. I have a few more panels. Well, these aren't panels here. These are conversations around the booths. I do plan on sharing a panel next week uh, with the R2-D2 Builders Club. But this week, uh, I'm just going to take you a few more panels, including with Fred Ottman, better known as Typhoon of the Natural Disasters, or Tugboat originally, and even the Shockmaster. Yes, he was a professional wrestler uh, back in the 80s, 90s. And uh, so some of you are going to be like, excited for this. And then some of you are going to be like, who's this guy? But it's a fun conversation, so I think you'll enjoy it anyway. But we've got a lot of other things to go through before that. A lot of great conversations. Also, I have a review for you of Kubo and the Two Strings. I know I'm a week behind on getting a chance to see this, but my wife and I did finally get a chance to come out and see it, and we will review it. We also are going to take a look at a new trailer that I actually just saw today that is not really Disney-related, 
But uh, I found it to be very interesting, and I thought I would share it, because it's pretty cool. Uh, so with all that, let's go ahead and get started with, uh, I have at least one piece of news that I just saw that I do want to share with you. Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Okay, now, this is not our, our normal sort of thing. You know, it's not a Disney thing, but uh, they are making a sequel to Blade Runner. Now, unfortunately, I still haven't actually seen Blade Runner, the first one. I know it's a big thing, and I, I really should see it, but the, I never seem to catch it where I get it on my DVR. I don't know if it's on Netflix or something. I need to see it. I know. But, uh, so they were making Blade Runner 2, and there was a worker, we don't know the cause of this accident, but there was a worker underneath a platform where they were building, a, where they had a set constructed, and it collapsed. Uh, and apparently the worker uh, has been killed, uh, so I'm, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about this uh, as time goes on. We, uh, we haven't really heard the cause of the accident, but that's... Uh, this news kind of caught my eye. I, I don't really have time for a whole lot of news things, so this is going to be the only real story I do want to share with you. Uh, just because I, I do want to remember, you know, that it does take a lot of people to make these films, and they do put a lot of work into it. And uh, I, I do want to put it out there for, you know, the family of the worker uh, and all those working on the set as they kind of go through a time of mourning uh, for this, you know, this unfortunate accident. Uh, I just thought it seemed appropriate that we, we pay a little tribute to uh, um, for all the work that they were doing and uh, express, you know, our feeling of loss here. That's that's kind of sad. So, but that's all I want to do for news today because I have a lot of other things to go through. In fact, this was a very interesting trailer and I want to share it with you right now. Henry Joseph Church could have been anything he wanted. He chose to cook. The key, he said. Jazz. Good morning. I see you met Charlie. Not officially. Lord and Charlotte, my name is Mr. Church. When Mr. Church came into our lives, I wanted him gone. I hope you don't mind. I bring books with me every place I go. I hate reading. But over time, I couldn't imagine life without him. Mr. Church, I'd like to check out a book. What kind of a deal did Richard make with you? I was asked to cook for you and your child till you passed on. And through it all, <gasps> I never knew Mama was sick. I never knew anything until much later. You are so beautiful. Accepted to Boston University. I'm so proud of you. Why do you care? You won't be around to see it anyway. My mama had been the sun to me. She always accompanied And Mr. Church? He was like the moon. Cool, calm, and always there. Turn down the lights tonight. Moons What's gonna happen now? You can call Boston University and tell them that Charlotte Brooks will be attending. It's funny how life has a way of moving forward. I thought by now you'd be a very serious novelist. I guess you could say we were lost after Mama died. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just okay, now you got to go. I'm sorry. One rule and you break. What is it with all these secrets and lies? I just wanted to tell you, Mr. Church. But wherever life takes you, and no matter how hard it gets, you can always find your way back home. Surprise! Aren't you gonna ask me how it happened? I know how girls get pregnant, Charlotte. Oh. 
and Charlie. You can't go living with your cook forever. My cook? Richard set aside enough money for Mama to live six months. Do you know who paid all of our bills all those years after that? Mr. Church, he saved us. Do you have a place to stay? She lives with me. You gave me the most important thing life can offer. You gave me a family. Okay, now why I feel I can talk about this on the show is Eddie Murphy has previously been in The Haunted Mansion. That's a Disney film. And the other, the young actress that you will see in this, Britt Robertson, you might know her from Tomorrowland. See, so there's a Disney connection. So that gives me the excuse to talk about this trailer, which I just saw today, although apparently this trailer came out like August the 11th. Uh, but in Tomorrowland, her character was Casey Newton, by the way, so she was the lead there. Uh, so this is her and Eddie Murphy, two people who have been in some Disney films and filmed together in something that's entirely different than I've ever seen for Eddie Murphy. Uh, I'm sure he'll, there'll be a little bit of humor in there with him being there because he is good at that, but he's showing some serious acting chops and doing something entirely different. And by golly, this looks like it looks good. And I usually don't go in for dramas, but this looks really, really good. <laughs> so I thought I wanted to share this because I'm like, well, we got two Disney actors in this movie and we've got something that's... I would almost call it a Disney quality in the feels department from the look at this trailer. Uh, this is one when, uh, when Heather got a good look at it. She says, I better just bring Kleenexes into the theater because I think we're going to have to see this. <laughs> and I'm probably going to cry. So I, I wanted to share it. And I think it speaks for itself when you hear uh, all the dialogue and stuff in the movie. Uh, it does tell a lot of the story, but it seems to go from you know childhood into adulthood to uh, her having her own child and always have Mr. Church, played by Eddie Murphy, around. And uh, I, I'm sure we find out the reasons for it as things go along. Uh, so, but looked very, very interesting, and I, I just wanted to share it because I thought it looked cool, and it had some Disney actors. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie, yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good.
Okay, now I definitely have to review for you Kubo and the Two Strings. Now, I remember telling you already uh, with the trailers that this the look of it was amazing. It just looked great and had a, a sense of fun to it, but, you know, it, it, it was very vague in the trailer, so it didn't really tell you what this film was about other than this magic this child seems to have with this guitar. But uh, just even with that little bread of premise, I can't tell you anymore because it might ruin some of the secrets and surprises that come along with this film. So I can only tell you a little bit at the beginning where we see Kubo's mother sailing on a small boat we, are, we, we get a small bit of narrative introduction that says, Don't blink and don't look away. Because if you look away or you fidget, the hero might not make it. And uh, we see this big wave coming to stop uh, what we find out is Kubo's mother. And she and it gets in her path and you, she strums the guitar and splits the wave in half so she can sail and make it to the land. Uh, but there is a bit of an accident. She falls from the boat and she hits her head very hard on some coral or rock or something. And it has a very big scar that she gets over one eye later. And what, when we see as some years pass, it almost seems like she has some sort of brain damage where she's losing her memories of things and she seems catatonic most of the time. But then when she comes and or like remembers things, she, she spends a lot of time with Kubo and she tells him stories, which we also get to see that Kubo goes down to the village and to collect little pennies uh, there in, in this village here in Japan. He tells stories and he's... He's got himself some magic, and he can do some things with origami, and he can make his origami come to life when he plays on this guitar that his mother has given to him. Uh, and, of course, the story launches from there, where the mother is telling him these stories, and tells them to... And this is similar stories with the Moon King, and her sisters, and her father being this great samurai warrior, Hanza. But she tells them as if it's true, and Kubo doesn't really seem to believe that these stories are true. But she would also tell them to never go out into the moonlight because your grandfather would find you then and they would want to take you away. Because Kubo is missing one eye and apparently his grandfather wants to take his other eye. I won't tell you why. But let's just say at one point Kubo dares to go out and he wants to be able to talk to his father, which he believes to be dead, uh, within the Japanese ceremony. Which if you've seen the old Karate Kid Part 2 where they, you know, they float the lanterns on, on the water. And there's a lot more probably to that custom than uh, we're familiar with here in the, the States. But it's a way of, you know, of celebrating and uh, saying hello to their, their ancestors and communicating, you know. Uh, but we have Kubo going out to want to talk to his father and he's out when the moon has come up, and that is the beginning of the adventures that he is going to have, and along the way he meets these two characters, uh, Monkey, which apparently is this charm that he has had all this time, that the last bit of his mother's magic to protect him was to bring this charm to life, and the monkey is his guide and protector. Along the way they meet Beetle, who is a samurai who has kind of been turned into a half-human, half-beetle hybrid that really doesn't have a whole lot of memories of himself. And so he's, he's kind of a comic relief in some ways because he's he's got Dory-style memory lapses because he's been cursed. And we find out more about that, of course, as the film goes on. This story has got two different narratives. We have the story as we're seeing it progress, and then we're getting a backstory a piece at a time. And it's like a, one story is going forward, and another story we're kind of going backwards until we get the entire story of what all is going on with this. Overall, the look of this is amazing. Uh, it's a little bit of CG kind of in the background with a lot of really fantastic stop-motion animation. If you've been watching Disney XD, they've been showing a little uh, behind-the-scenes showing the so far the largest puppet ever in a, in a stop-motion film, which this puppet was, was amazing, <laughs> what they did with it. 
It was just the look of it was great. Uh, it's it was just amazing, and the story was really really good. Uh, my wife and you know, I both found it interesting that right before this we started to see trailers for some of the current things coming out from animation like trolls and storks and sing, which just don't. They don't seem to have any appeal to, to me. You know, it's something your kids are going to be like, oh, look, a cartoon, I'm going to go. And so you end up going as a family, and these type of films make a lot of money. But they just don't, they're missing something. They just don't have the charm and the right thing of uh, some good quality animation like what Disney would put out, or like Focus Features has been putting out with just that effort uh, and good storytelling and, you know, and Pixar kind of things, you know, just really good stuff. And DreamWorks still does do some good stuff, but DreamWorks also does some stuff that's like, eh, that was okay, but... You know, there's there's very few of them, I think, that really just make good animation with good storytelling and just a wonder to behold when you view these movies that are completely worth it to see it in the theaters. And this is one of those rare movies, and it's just interesting. We had all these junky-looking trailers right before this this wonderful, wonderful movie that I don't know that it's being the blockbuster hit that it deserves to be, but is one of the best movies that have come out in the summer. You definitely need to go see this. Uh, bring the whole family. It's it's a great. It's it's got some funny moments. It's got some fun little cameo voices that you'll recognize. George Takei. Uh, you might even recognize Carrie. Uh, or you, I can't say his entire name, but if you saw those Mortal Kombat movies, he played Shang Tsung. Uh, his voice is in there as one of the villagers. And the villagers are even you know they're they're minor characters, but they're such fun minor characters and such great personalities that you don't. I don't know if you ever get any of their names other than maybe in the credits you might see it. Uh, but really, just a great film, and I cannot recommend it enough. You really need to go see this thing. Uh, and what you heard, of course, in front of this is not uh, the trailer, you'll have noticed. Normally, you know, I would play the trailer for the movie I'm reviewing. What this was, uh, this is an old George Harrison-written Beatles song that was re-recorded by Regina Spector and played during the credits, and it was just fantastic. And uh, I recommend going and getting the soundtrack. It was a really great scoring. I really enjoyed it, and I really did enjoy the song at the end. But, of course, it's a Beatles song, so you know it's good, right? So, But that's definitely Cubo and the Two Strings. Go out and see it. This was a fantastic film for anyone who loves animation. And if you love Disney, I'll bet you probably love some good animation. But now, I think we haven't gone and had a Neverland story time in a good long time. So how about we have a story, and then after that... We'll just go right back out to the floor of Kansas City Comic Con. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is the story of the Black Cauldron. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Legend tells of an evil king, so powerful that no prison could hold him. He was thrown into a pot of molten iron, and from this, a great black cauldron was formed. But even inside the cauldron, his spirit was strong, and his wickedness would not die. Whoever used the cauldron for evil would become all-powerful. With it, he could rule the world or destroy it. On a farm in the country of Pradane, a young boy named Taran slammed down a bowl of mush in front of his pig, Henwen. I'm too old to be a pig keeper. I could be a hero and fight great battles. The wizard Dalbin watched as Taran swung an imaginary sword. But Henwen is a special responsibility, Taran, for she is a magical pig. 
And now the time has come to try her gifts. Dolben poured water into a bowl, and Henwin touched it with her nose. The wizard stirred the water. Henwin, from you I do beseech knowledge that lies beyond my reach. The water glowed, and a dark vision appeared within its depths. Dolben frowned. Alas, it is as I feared. The evil horned king has learned about the black cauldron, and he wants Henwen's powers to help him find it. Dolben urgently packed food and supplies into a knapsack. Quickly, Taran. Take Henwen to the hidden cottage in the forest and keep her there. The Horned King must not find her. The boy and the pig fled into the woods. Taran picked up a stick and waved it in the air, fighting imaginary foes. I'll protect you, Hen. I'm the greatest warrior in all Pradane. Take that, Horned King. Suddenly he looked around. Henwen was missing. Taran ran through the trees. Henwen, where are you? Just then, something moved behind a bush. Is that you, Hen? I've got something for you. A lovely, juicy apple. A furry little creature leaped from the bushes and grabbed the apple. Oh, great prince. Give poor Gurgi munchings and crunchings. Taran threatened him with a stick. Give it back. Gurgi pouted. Poor, miserable Gurgi deserves fierce smackings and whackings. Suddenly, Taran heard Henwen. She was in trouble. Griffiths, huge, horrible birds, were chasing her. Gurgi jumped back into the bushes in fear, but Taran ran after the terrified pig. This way, Hen. I'll save you. The first Gwithens swooped down and knocked Taran aside. <sighs> the other flew low over Henwen. Its claws opened wide and snatched her up. The Gwithens carried her off to the Horn King's castle. The castle was dark and forbidding. Taran tried to be brave. I must save Henwen, even if it costs me my life. Gurgi, will you come with me? Gurgi shook his head in horror. Oh no, great lord. Not go in there. Forget the piggy. Gurgi to be your friend. Taran threw down the apple. You're no friend. Here, this is all you want. Gurgi watched sadly as Taran sneaked into the castle. Inside the dimly lit castle, Taran saw a dreadful figure hidden in an evil mask. The Horned King. His henchman, Creeper, was about to hurt Henwen. Taran rushed out of hiding. No! Don't touch her! The Horned King had Taran dragged before him. Boy, make your pig show me where to find the Black Cauldron, or she will die. Taran had no choice. Kneeling over a pan of water, Taran recited the spell. Slowly, the shape of a great cauldron appeared in the water. Suddenly, Taran tripped, splashing the water into the Horn King's glowing eyes. The evil one howled in pain. Taran grabbed Henwen and raced from the hall. The castle guards swarmed after him. Taran ran to the castle wall and pushed Henwen safely into the moat. Swim, Henwen, swim! He started to climb onto the wall. Creeper grabbed him roughly and dragged him back inside. I caught 
the pig boy, your majesty. <laughs> but I'm afraid the pig got away. Deep inside the castle dungeon, Taran moped. Some hero I am. I couldn't even protect a little pig. Suddenly, a stone in the dungeon floor lifted open. A young girl, lit by a floating ball of light, climbed out. I thought I heard someone. I'm Princess Alonwi. Are you a lord or a warrior? Taran was embarrassed. Uh, no. I'm an assistant pig keeper. Oh, I was hoping you could help me escape. Well, come along. Taran gladly followed her down the tunnel. Alonwi peered into a chamber. This is the tomb of the good king who lived here before. A mighty sword glittered on top of the old king's crypt. Torrin snatched it up and slipped it through his belt. He doesn't need this sword anymore. Maybe we can use it. Ilanwi was about to protest when someone howled in the next room. Torrin gripped his sword and they cautiously peeked in. A scrawny man was tied to a wall. There's been a mistake. I'm not a spy. I'm just Fluter Flam, a singer. As Torrin quickly untied him, a guard burst in. Torrin drew his sword. With a flash of magical energy, it sliced through the air, shattering the guard's weapon. The prisoners dashed upstairs and ran for the drawbridge. Creeper and the guards raced after them. We've got you now, pig boy. Torrin slashed the drawbridge chain. The gate dropped between them and the guards. They were safely outside. Fluter grinned. Why didn't you tell me you had a magic sword? Suddenly, Gurgi jumped out of the trees and pulled Taran's sleeve. <laughs> Master! Could you remember? Saw Piggy's tracks! Follow Piggy! They came to a lake. Taran pointed to some stepping stones. Look, there are Henwen's footprints. As Gurgi started across, the water began to spin. Taran and the others tried to grab him, but the whirlpool swirled faster and faster, pulling them all in. The four companions found themselves underneath the lake, in the land of the Fair Folk. A tiny winged sprite, King Idaleg, welcomed them. We found your pig, young man. Taran hugged Henwen. Oh, Hen, you're safe. At least for now, the Horned King won't be able to find the Black Cauldron. The tiny king nodded. That's right. The three witches have hidden it in the marshes of Morva. Taran had an idea. What if we get to the cauldron first and destroy it? Then the Horned King will never be able to use it. King Idleleg appointed one of the fair folk to lead them. It's time someone put a stop to the Horned King's destruction. Dolly will take you to the marshes. Before long, they were standing in the witch's deserted cottage. But the cauldron was nowhere to be seen. Suddenly, in a puff of flame and smoke, the three witches of Morva appeared. They were fearful looking and full of tricks. Taran drew his sword. We've come for the black cauldron. The witches huddled close together. Did you hear that, sisters? Nobody's asked for the cauldron in over 2,000 years. They turned to the intruders. We'll trade the cauldron for the sword. 
Taran hesitated. With the magic sword, he was a great warrior. Without it, he was only an assistant pig keeper. Taran decided. I offer my dearest possession in exchange for the Black Cauldron. The sword vanished, and the floor began to tremble. Everyone rushed outside as the ground burst open, revealing the evil Black Cauldron. Taran struck it with a huge stick. Quick! We must destroy it! The witches <laughs> laughed. The Black Cauldron can never be destroyed, dearies. However, its evil powers can be stopped. It's simple. A living being must climb into it of his own free will. But the poor duckling will never climb out alive. Taran was dejected. I've failed. Without my sword, I'm nothing. Ilanwi shook her head. No, you are Taran, and that's enough. Suddenly, the shadows of Gwythens passed over them. Gurgi darted into the bushes. Uh oh, trouble. Goodbye. The others tried to run, but their escape was blocked by the spears of the Horned King's henchmen. The guards took their prisoners and the cauldron back to the Dark Castle. The Horned King stood beside the cauldron, watching his henchmen bring in the skeletons of warriors long dead. The evil power of the Black Cauldron is mine at last. I shall give you life, my soldiers, and you shall obey my every command. He picked up the bones of a dead warrior and placed them in the cauldron. I call on my army to be reborn. Arise, my messengers of doom. Our time has arrived. A burst of flame shook the castle. A thick, swirling green mist rose and billowed out over the edge of the cauldron, covering the skeletons. Taran and his friends watched in terror as the horrible, bony figures came to life. They clasped their weapons and marched slowly forth. The Horned King smiled. Never has anyone created an army like this. Go forth, my deathless warriors. Destroy all in your path. Torrin sighed hopelessly. That's it, then. Pradane is doomed. Suddenly, something moved in an alcove above them. It was Gurgi. Master, Gurgi is sorry he always runs away when there's trouble. He will untie everybody. Then we all leave this evil place. Torrin crawled onto a ledge directly above the cauldron. No. I can do something right for once. I must stop the Horned King. Gurgi sprang in front of Taran. No, Gurgi not let his friend die. Before Taran could stop him, Gurgi leaped into the cauldron. The cauldron began to shudder, drawing the horrible mist back into itself. The army of skeletons stumbled and collapsed to the ground. The Horned King turned on Taran in a rage. Big boy, you've ruined everything! But the swirling mists caught the wicked king and pulled him into the cauldron. There was a scream. 
and he was gone. Tarrant, Pylonwi, and Fluter found a boat and escaped to a distant shore as the castle crumbled around them. The witches appeared before Tarrant. We'll take the cauldron back now, Ducky. You can have your soul. It hovered in front of him. Tarrant pushed it away. What do I need with a sword? Yet I will trade for Gurgi. The cauldron vanished. In its place lay Gurgi. The boy tenderly lifted the lifeless, shaggy creature. Suddenly, Gurgi reached for an apple. Munchings and crunchings. <laughs> Taran laughed with joy. The Horned King is dead. Prydain is saved, and all you care about is food. Come on, let's go home. To Disney and beyond. All right, I'm here with Jeremy Howard, who uh, it looks like you're mainly a motion capture actor or severe amount of makeup with all the characters I'm seeing that you've done. Ah, uh, there's there's been some uh, some motion capture and some makeup jobs in there uh, for sure. Yeah. So, and does anyone ever actually get to see your face in the movies? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, there's good. plenty of roles that have done uh, where you where you get to see me as well. So yeah. But your biggest thing here lately is you're playing Donatello. Yes, yes. How cool is that? Oh man, it was a dream come true. Yeah, really, really a fantastic opportunity, and uh, we had a just an awesome time doing it. Well, did you really feel the pressure with that first movie of knowing you're stepping into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Nickelodeon is making it popular again? Yeah. Which to me, it never dropped out of popularity. Oh, I, love it. I know. I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. As soon as, you know, you're telling you you're going to play Donatello, just kind of a, certainly excitement, but uh, a lot of um, kind of anxiety just to hope that you, you do a good job and kind yeah. of, you know, please the fans out there. Yeah. And we're hard to please. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really like the first movie. Loved the second one. The second one was fantastic. Yeah. I think as they, they went ahead and had more fun and gave them the, the, I don't know if you'd call that the turtle van with a big garbage truck. Yeah, yeah. They really found the tone in that second yeah. film. And letting Donatello have those crazy machines yeah. made it better. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. I liked to see all the gadgets he had. Uh, I really thought that that the uh, the second one just brought new life to, to the yeah. franchise. Uh, you know, that first one was was good uh, personally in my opinion I, I love the second movie yeah. uh, a lot more than the first one yeah. and uh, I thought you know a little biased because there's a lot more turtles in the second one which again yeah. though I think fans you know that's what they're there to see right. I think uh, they really paid a lot of service to the fans with that second one and uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's shocking how many fans haven't actually seen the second one yet whether it was you know the timing of the release date or what and whatnot, but uh, I think once you know it comes out on video in September, there's going to be a lot of a, a lot bigger of a following for yeah. these two films. Just because, again, if you saw the first one and didn't like it, you're going to be uh, you're going to probably have your mind changed by you know what we yeah. did with that second one for sure. The fan the fans seem to kind of go nuts over that second one, especially. So I'm yeah. excited for more people to check it out and see what we did. So, with the, are you getting to do the the voice with them or as well? Or yes. Do they put the oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Everything I did, everything, and uh, except you know crazy stunts, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they just kind of paint over you and make that turtle come alive uh, up there at ILM uh, Industrial Light and Magic. Those guys are true artists. Yeah. But you have like a. Uh, I remember with the first one, they had put some photos out there. They had you all in like weird shell bags. Yeah, you're like wearing a no, no, super comfortable. It's like basically wearing like a. 
super light wetsuit, even not even that, just like a leotard type of a thing, and then you've got the foam shell, which mm -hmm. is uh, very light and doubles as a great pillow, by the way. <laughs> Did you actually take a couple of naps on set in between oh, takes? Oh, many just... naps, all, all four of us, many naps, many a day laying on our back, snoozing. <laughs> yeah. Well, with all the... Uh... You're getting very comfortable, I'd say, with CG, because I've seen some Men in Black characters over here on your table. Yep. Uh, are you trying to lean your way into some Star Wars? Because Dude, that'd be amazing. That'd yeah. be amazing. I mean, I actually, I haven't done any makeup type stuff since probably Haunted Mansion. I did Grinch, and then I did Men in Black, and then I did Haunted Mansion, and then uh, everything else was pretty much a, you know, I call it a face job you know when it's where it's me it's my yeah. face you see out there up until turtles so yeah yeah it's uh, it's it comes in waves you know yeah so what did you do in the haunted mansion because yeah, that was almost like hit the, br the brakes on uh, me i love that ride haunted the mansion movie, not so much but yeah i mean you know you never know i as we were making it i played four different ghosts in the film I was the hitchhiking ghosts i was an opera singer i was a king and i played the lead zombie uh down in the crypts and uh it was just a you know fun time just to yeah. play playing dress up yeah, you know, and that movie has its has its merits. Yeah, it's, has it's some has its moments. It, it has its moments, but yeah, there's some there's some really cool stuff that uh, yeah. you know Rick Baker. He's the uh, he's the genius behind all those all those designs, and he did Men in Black and The Grinch as well. That's how I know him, and uh, he's he's terrific. So anytime he's doing something, I, I I jump on board and love to work with him. So yeah. And what did you do in Galaxy Quest? Another one of my favorites. Yeah, Galaxy Quest. That was my first film out of uh, out of high school. Uh, I just, you know, I played one of those one of the Trekkie kids that kind of helped help the crew get back to Earth. And that was oh, Justin cool. Long's first movie as yeah. well. And uh, yeah, that was a blast. So I'm gonna have to go back and watch again. I think I'm. Yeah, like, yeah. I it's, remember I mean, it's you 1999 that came out, yeah. which is crazy that it's 17 years old, but. Uh, yeah. People love that film. It's uh, yeah. it's it's you know to get that cast together and the humor and the fun that everybody yeah. had. It was yeah. It, uh, Especially Star Trek fans, we got the joke. Exactly, exactly. Big time. Yeah. It's just so underrated. It just didn't do well in the theater. But then thankfully, like everybody will. It's kind of like Mystery Men. Totally. We all know about it and we all love it. But for some reason, the box office didn't get there to. Yeah, but you know, it's caught on on video, and yeah. uh, that's you know that's that second life on on, mm -hmm. on home videos. But what is what really counts for the long term? So right, because that's where we watch most of our movies. Exactly. Anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's even been I've heard rumors of a Galaxy Quest two might actually happen. Have you heard yeah, anything? I don't know. Now, what I have heard is that the Amazon was developing a Galaxy Quest series. Oh, that would be so cool. And the whole cast was coming back to do it. And, uh, and then Alan Rickman passed away. Yeah. Yeah, so it kind of... You can't replace him. and He was so great tough, in that. Tough to replace that guy. But yeah. would you get a chance to come back if it does happen? Man, if they asked me, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Of course. Absolutely. You get to be part of the crew this time, though. I hope so, right? Because, <laughs> you know, they're missing a crew member now. You know? uh, so, hey, they should bring all the kids back on. Let them be crew members. That would be great, yeah. Even Guy, because Guy made the movie fun. Guy was awesome. So, yeah. So have you got some upcoming projects that we should be looking for? Ah, uh, you know, not so much. I'm trying to think. I have a small part in American Housewife uh, airing in October on ABC. Uh, but other than that, back to L.A. and back to the grindstone, man, you know? Getting out there, hustling, and, uh, and eventually a third turtle movie. I hope so, man. That'd be amazing. As well as that, that's got to make it some money on DVDs and Blu-rays because I not even did. I never did a review. I told everybody you have to go. Forget what you thought about the first yeah, one. I hope so. Yeah. It was. It almost felt like an apology the second one because one of the complaints I did have with the first one was I didn't get to spend time with the turtles, just yeah. you know, enjoying their characters. And that second one. 
was fantastic, actually spending time. Oh, which actually reminds me of a question no one would on the podcast would see. But I kind of wonder, when you guys are, were, are uh, doing your, your motion capture, are you keeping your hands kind of in that Vulcan, so I can describe it, to try to help with the, the fact they only have three fingers? I no, they don't. You don't really need to. They, we have blue screen gloves, which do have five fingers on them. And then that's a lot easier for them to digitally replace uh, later. So, I mean, if there was a close-up or something like that, I tried to help out the team and do the Vulcan fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I mean, those guys are wizards, man. They can do anything. So, so I wondered, you know, like, that great shot of what Donatello does the little drop and kind of shows his hand. I was like, yeah. I wonder if the actor is just actually literally doing this. You know, you and know then just... well, you know, when his hands are kind of, you know, I don't know how you describe this in podcast land, when they're kind of, what would you call this? Wheeling your fingers and say, look, there's five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doing that. Those are my fingers. And they just, yeah. you know, painted them green. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Those animators are insane. They're so good at what they do. Yeah, definitely. And actually made them very believable. I was worried at first because I love the costumes of the original Ninja Turtle movies. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they were really hard to work with. So this, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it gives them a lot more ability to you know, flex around, move, and you don't have to stop and say, oh, we got to cool them off, you know. Yeah, exactly. No, I thought they did a terrific job and really, really brought them to life in a realistic way. Yeah, actually. Yeah. And made it work. But well done. Brought the fun back. So Yeah, exactly. Way. That too, yeah. So we're hoping for a third win. But yeah. uh, do you have a website or anywhere where people can follow you? I don't. I'm a social media dinosaur, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so anytime you're going to see me, uh, we'll be on the big screen or the little screen at this point. <laughs> so you actually are doing some television? Well, yeah, I mean, it comes and it goes. Like I said, uh, American Housewife in October, but uh, yeah, I don't, you know, my, my little screen, I mean, where Turtles is going to be in September, right? Right, right. <laughs> Although, I don't know, is it really that little now that it's, you know, everybody's got, got their 65 inch screen, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, except for little screen, you can watch it on your phone now. You can watch things. it on your phone. There it is, yeah. Which I've done a few times. And me too. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I, that's just the age I am. I thought I never would do it, but now I've got some digital movies. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Wow. It's hard. You're on a plane. Yep. You just want to watch that little, you know, something. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you very yeah, much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. This Children's Miracle Network Hospital is the local one here in Kansas City is KU Med Pediatrics. Ah, okay. Well, Neverlanders, we're here with uh, Play Games for 24 hours. And uh, as uh, you were just hearing, this is the Children's, Children's Medical... Art. Children's Miracle Network. Thank you, because I have a, I, I don't speak English well, which is why I podcast. Oh, no. So, But you've got something going on here. This play games for 24 hours for the kids. What's, what is this? Yeah. It is a, it's an event we do once a year for Extra Life, and it's where we collect a massive amount of players to... It's almost like a, uh, it's a gamer's version of a marathon slash 5K, where they game for 24 hours straight, and all proceeds made that day goes to said charity. Awesome. So you have people pledge for how many hours you play? 24 hours. Although this year, because they happen to schedule us on Daylight Savings, we get 25 hours. Oh. <laughs> so the hardcore guys have got to keep you on their <laughs> game. Just that extra just hour. Now, can, we, can people do this from just all over, or is this mainly local? Yes. It's all over. There are hospitals all over the U.S. and Canada, but when you game, you choose the specific hospital that you game for, and all of the money that you raise goes straight to your hospital. Awesome. So you can register online to uh, participate? That's right. Just visit extra-life.org. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. That sounds really cool. All right, Neverlanders, now we're here with Fred Ottman, who you probably know by uh, at least two names that I know you from. Oh, Tugboat, Typhoon, the Shockmaster with World Wrestling Federation, and now 
a legend with WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. Fantastic. Yeah. So how did you get started with wrestling? Was it something you loved uh, in high school? I wrestled in high school. I wrestled in junior high school. I played football. I'm like a normal kid. I played football. I did. Uh, I also made music. <laughs> really? So, you know, you can't go from the field playing music to uh, the football game. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I helped train ball players in the University of Miami. Worked with their strength coach the University of Miami when I was uh, going to college. And I uh, used to train in another gym also in Coral Gables, Florida. I'm from Miami, Florida, where I'm born, raised. And uh, wrestlers, when they were in town, used to come there and train. And I used to t oh, burn my okay. ear all the time about the business. And I said, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And they finally wore me down and went and to uh, watch us go. To, went to a school in Fort Lauderdale that was running on the weekends by a, a legendary guy named uh, uh, the great Professor Malenko back in the day. Yeah. And uh, his son. Uh, uh, Dean Malenko is the man of a thousand holes. Yeah. That was with the uh, mini belt holder with WWF. And his other son, Jody Malenko, another great wrestler, amateur and professional back in the day. Then they get you in the ring and stretch you out to see if you really oh, were. Oh, I went up in there. I, uh, that's it. That's what I, I have a school now. I put my guys through the same kind of training. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I don't make them cry. I don't break anything. You know, I just let them know it was there. Yeah. It's like, uh, this is you know, not fake. You will get hurt a little bit. <laughs> It's, it's, it's planned. You know, it's but, like uh, playing football with no pads. That's right. the best analogy I can give you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's it's entertainment. It's it's uh, it's fun. I got this. Uh, I uh, saw things. Been places. I've been to over 40 countries. I've been to all 48 states. There's a couple here. We don't wrestle in Wyoming. There's only 150,000 people in the whole state. Okay. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? But uh, nothing against Wyoming. I love them. Yeah. But. Uh, no wrestling there, but I've been <laughs> every little town. My life was uh, wrestling 300 days a year, plus or minus, for over 25 years. So I've seen a lot. I've covered a lot of territory in the day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Who was your favorite person to work with? I can't tell you that because uh, my old tag partner was Earthquake. I wrestled yeah. with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan brought me in there when I was wrestling as Tugboat. Uh, I had the Undertaker's first match. With Paul Bearer, I had his first matches, and uh, I've wrestled a lot of different guys. I, I wrestled, I had the opportunity to wrestle with guys I watched on TV as a kid, oh. and plus newer guys that came down the line that were my age, and some of them a lot younger than me. So uh, I can't give you a, a one reason. They ask, I get guys ask me all the time, "What's your favorite match? Where's your favorite place?" You know, you know, the whole you nine love yards. It all, right? I, I love it all, man. <laughs> If I, I tell people if I had to do it all over again, I would do it all over again. That's how I feel about it. So, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, yeah. You look like you still could. look like moving around pretty oh, good. Oh, I do okay for an old guy. You know, I'm 60 <laughs> now and I know better, okay? But I'm at the gym every day. It keeps my mind sharp. keeps me an easygoing guy. And, uh, you know, I love to be in the gym. And it, plus it keeps you, gives you a little edge with those young guys that we're trying to train nowadays. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot. I got a, we just opened up about two, three months ago, and we got a lot of good talent. And we're, we're, uh, I'm trying to produce a place where guys that are working independent wrestling little companies around have a place where they can go. There's people that have places they can go to many, many gyms, work out with weights. But guys that want to wrestle or have that in their blood that they want to, that are existing guys, I want to have a place that's self-sustained, that gives them an opportunity to learn from guys that have been wrestling for years and to be able to uh, have a place where they can hone their craft, whether it be something that they want to make a career out of or something they want to do as a hobby, you know? It's that kind of place. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you think the uh, the more extreme nature of wrestling, whether we need to have more spectacle and more diving off of things, do you think that's going to shorten careers a little bit more than compared I don't know. to you guys? They did that back in the Roman days. I don't know how well that worked out. You know, yeah. lions, tigers, and bears. You know, oh my. Yeah. We'll be throwing the, the bad people in jail to the to the tigers and lions, gladiator. I mean, you got MMA. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. you know, wrestling gets uh, wilder and crazier. I mean, uh, what I teach is old school and new school combined. That way, uh, you know, because there's a lot of that old school type wrestling that's missing. And yeah. guys that instead of reading off scripts, they're able to take and, uh, like they're doing nowadays, be able to talk and carry on a conversation and be able to cold get in front of a microphone like with you and be able to, you know, say what's on their mind and be yeah. able to get it across. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a way you think that you can manage to teach? Because inside the ring, you, you've got to do some storytelling. Yes. Telling a struggle. That's is a very a good really... observation. That's <laughs> that, something that I have to explain to people. Yeah, or is that like something you it's either something you have, you have to, or you don't? Some people, I mean, some people get it, and some people, I mean, it's something you have to learn. You know, uh, it, it's very hard. You have to be able to see somebody in the audience, be able to bring them up out of their seat, and then slam them back down in that seat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get them involved. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the whole idea. I mean, you go to an auditorium, a lot of auditoriums, the lights are on like we're sitting here and they put a ring up. You know, the days in the past, there was a reason why there was a light over the ring and everything was dark around that. Right. Because people are apprehensive about showing how they really feel. They don't want to see them screaming at themselves, you know, guys that live in the same neighborhood or something like that. Oh, did you see the act of the fool at that matches the other day? <laughs> or they're sitting on their hands because they're afraid to show their emotion. I mean, it's an interactive experience. Yes. It's one of those deals... <clears throat> where one of the few places you got good guys, you got bad guys. Some people root for good guys, some people like bad guys. Okay, and you can express how you feel when things don't go your way. It's not like your teacher's telling you to be quiet, read your book. This is a thing here where you can get it all out, be a part of the whole experience. You know, root your fans on. Nobody tells you to shut up at a football or a baseball game. It's kind of the same. Wrestling fans are the same way as other sports fans. They want to be able to show who they like. They want to be able, you know. And those guys out there want to be able to get up underneath their pants. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, get them excited about yeah. what, you know, what's yeah. going on there. They want to hate somebody. Yeah. They want to like somebody. That's what the business is about. You know, mm -hmm. physically telling a story. Exactly. And some of them, yes. uh, there were some great ones in the old wrestling when I was a kid that they could just yeah. build such attention that by the end you were scared your hero was going to lose. Oh, yeah. You know? oh. Something as simple as grabbing a hold in the center of the ring. If it's done right, mm -hmm. that's the whole idea. Tag teams that know how to work together as teams and not as individuals. I mean, there's a lot of those things and people just don't get it. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are... Uh, quasi-fans that sit in an armchair and want to judge businesses or how wrestling companies are working and stuff like that. They've never laced a pair of boots, put on a set of tights, or took a bump. Right. And they have no idea. They think they know it all because they've watched a lot of TV. <laughs> yeah. You know, and lots of video. Mm. But it's, it takes a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Definitely skills. I'm nowhere close. <laughs> I would never, never go. I would never go up to one of these stars and tell them how to do their 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 act. Yeah. Just like I would not expect them to come up to me and tell me how to do mine. That's true. Yeah. Who do you think is probably one of the best ones going right now that it really has something you know oh. good strong? 
there's there's a lot of good talent going on right now. Uh, we were just talking earlier. Uh, NXT is the developmental for WWE, mm -hmm. uh, and the thing with that is uh, there's some guy, young tag team that just moved up. That's uh, they call them. Uh, what is it? Uh, Alpha, what's the new tag team? Oh, American Alpha. American Alpha, yeah. And they are incredible. They mix uh, amateur along with pro wrestling. They're fast, they're they are athletic, they're good, and they're just tremendous to watch. And I'm really enjoying seeing them being added to the tag teams with WWE now. You have NXT, which is an awesome show. And yeah. if you're a wrestling fan now, you got the network, $9.99. It costs you more to go to McDonald's, get a, a burger, fry, and a shake than it does to go and watch. And if you supersize it, need I say more? Exactly. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's more money than it is to take and watch that. And you get every pay-per-view for free. Yeah, and you now get 50, to watch the old stuff. That's it, and they have like a, a giant menu of the old stuff. Yeah. I have eight, nine, and ten-year-olds coming up to me that have sat down with their grandparents or they've sat down with their mom and dad that watched me when they were their age mm -hmm. and they're coming to me and they're going, wow, you're blah, 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 blah. And they're like, I remember when you wrestled The Undertaker in uh, 1991 and you were in uh, whatever town it was and you did this, what did you think about that? And you know, mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I've only got one or two brain cells that are left in my head that haven't been knocked out by chairs or falling from heights. Okay, and, and I have more concussions than you can count. Mm. But uh, uh, you know, so my short my memory is spontaneous. You know, but it's one of those deals where you know you're getting those guys coming to you, and it's such a great thrill, and they're sharing parent and ch and child or grandparent are sharing. This is what I used to watch, and they're yeah. watching the product that's out there now, and it's they're seeing something completely different. It gives yeah. them, wow, they're you know that's that was cool, you know uh, you know that guy, the Undertaker, that and they're seeing the Undertaker that's now, and then they're seeing the Undertaker from in the past that has uh, you know a manager that uh, straight out of the morgue, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and uh, guys in costume and guys that are colorful, guys that can think and give promos that are. Incredible, and, and not being told what to say. Right. And they're seeing wrestling. They're not seeing 10, 15 minutes of, you know, promo, 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 promo. Yeah. And hope for a wrestling match. They're seeing all these good things that are happening. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they're being enlightened. You know, it's the stuff from the past along with the, the new stuff that's out there. Mm -hmm. And then stuff for the future because they're being able to see the NXT program, which is an incredible program. Yeah. I mean, they're great wrestlers, young wrestlers, and most of those guys are guys that have been uh, working maybe 10 years or more independently mm -hmm. in small promotions all over the country. Because in my heart of hearts, I believe that uh, the independents are going to be the future territory, little territories yeah. and proving grounds for future stars in the wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those cool kind of things. 
We've actually got two uh, good programs around here. We have Metro Pro, and uh, I actually just learned of a new one uh, just over there that's got a show on Sunday night. Yeah. And those those smaller ones are, are more fun to go to because you can get up close, oh, and yeah. you still have the old characters. There was a guy I saw at Metro Pro that he was supposed to be like a circus strongman. He had, yes. had the mustache and everything. Oh, yes. and he had such a character and such storytelling in there. I'm like, these are the real guys that, that get it, that should oh, be yeah. the big stars. The guys, I, I mean, the guys love, I mean, that, that's what it's all about. Right. Independent promotions are, are definitely the future. You know what I'm saying? And it's a place for guys to work. Mm-hmm. In the territory days, you ha- guys could work five, six days a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They traveled by car. They did that. They weren't making a lot of money, yeah. but they had the opportunity every night to work in front of people. Yeah. So it's like a crucial thing. It's very, very important. It was like rock stars. You, know, you can teach a guy. <laughs> hey, you can uh, you can give a guy a, a big chest of tools, but if he has nothing to work on, right. or you know nowhere to use them to get proficient with them. They're useless. It's like an artist, you know, with paint and no brushes. Right. Yeah. You have, you know, or you have paint brushes but no canvas. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, what am I supposed to paint? Yeah. You know, I have all the talent in the world, but I can't utilize it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, mean, I think it's really cool. I, I go to independent matches and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I watch guys. I have guys that ask me to come by and watch and. Tell me what you feel and, you know, what, how you think, what about my work or what can I do to change that? That's another, that's another part of the, the school that I'm trying, you know, trying to get independent workers also. And plus, they are able to help the greener guys with their stuff, you know, that are just now lacing their boots and learning. So it's kind of a cool, you know, that's the concept that I want. That's the thing that I want to do. I mean, and... and you got to crawl before you walk, walk before you run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, there's places all over the country like that. There's a lot of guy, old school guy, AFA, Sika. You got guys out in California that are training guys. They're, they're all over the country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Passing the torch. It's no different, really, than anywhere else in the country because people are sending video. People are sending, mm-hmm. and there's people from different parts of the country that tell about the independent guys and who's working the independents. And you know, it's and sharing that knowledge, so that WWE and that has a pool. You know, they go to them and say, "Hey, I'll put them over here, and let's bring them into NXT, give them a tryout, let them, you know, see what he can do." Yeah. Yeah. Plus, gives them something to compete with. There you go. That's well, one that's of the things that worried me when they yeah. bought WCW. It seemed like it, it wasn't as good because they didn't have that big competition. But well, independence com- now. Competition is crucial, man. Yeah. Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, they would be nothing without having the other competition there. Right. If they were the only ones in town, how are you going to get a better car, a better running car, a, you know, a better looking car, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. got to have that competition. People change, you know, their minds change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to be better. You got to oh, be yeah, the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very, very much. That You're was very, awesome. very welcome, man. Thank- All right. Something very, very important before I let you go, I want to remind you of September... 22nd. I am hosting a screening of comics beyond the comic book pages with director Michael Valentine, or from director Michael Valentine. I don't know that he gets to come into town or not, but it'll be fun if he does. But I'm hosting a screening here in the Kansas City Northland area at the Berry Woods 24 there on Roan Ridge Road. I have to sell a certain amount of tickets in order for this to go through. So if you are interested in coming, you need to buy your tickets now, don't wait to try to buy them at the at the box office as you come in, because you probably won't be able to. 
Okay, unless of course we sell a total of tickets, then maybe they'll sell at the box office. Uh, this is through Tug Promotions, and so we had to do an arrangement with the, the theater in order to get to show this, but I need to make sure we sell the tickets beforehand. Now, we are working on a few things to make this even more fun. I'm planning on uh, talking with Daryl Woods, and I have talked to him previously. Uh, having him with a table, is, we're going to have to set up inside the theater, but he's a great artist here locally, and uh, that could be some fun to have him around uh, to draw some things and show some of his art. You're, you're going to love it. Also, I am planning on having some cosplayers to come uh, just to kind of add to the celebratory mood and everything. And maybe you can find out a little bit about the, they have their Facebook pages and things like that. And you can find out about their cosplay and different fun things they do. If you are perhaps interested in cosplay, you could meet them and maybe join their group. Uh, you know, just fun stuff like that. I need to make contact also with the thankyouwaltdisney.org organization. I do hope to have them there as well. Maybe set up a little table to talk about what they do with the restoration of the Laughagram Studios. Uh, so I'm wanting to make this you know, a big event and have all of us type of people like-minded just come together, watch a great documentary. It's going to be $12 a ticket, which is pretty good. That's, you know, for an evening showing. That's a good job. Uh, that's a good showing. Good job is, you know, kind of odd thing to say. But yeah, it'll be on a Thursday night. It's going to be at 6.30 in the evening. It's going to be lots of fun. I really want you all to come out and check it out. Uh, I, I'd love this to be kind of a thing. You know, if we all come together and we watch this movie and we, we manage to have this screening and we sell all the tickets, maybe I can do another one sometime. You know, that would be fun. We can make this a regular thing to be able to screen, you know, kind of rare and in, independent films and documentaries that are about things we love so yes go on I've, I've got it set up now because it's a complicated website to purchase the ticket but if you if you go neverlandpodcast.com i've now got a different splash page that will show up if you just go to the straight website and it will have a link there and I, of course it's not going to be looking at reading a link it'll be of course highlighted text to, talking about going to get your ticket click that it'll take you right to where you need to go to purchase your ticket and we might, I'm, I'm talking to a few comic shops here locally to maybe have a coupon maybe we can hand out as people are coming in. Uh, we might possibly have some free comics to give away as you're coming in, you know, just to make it even more fun. So I'd love for y'all to come out to this. Make sure you buy a ticket. Make sure you buy it early and soon. Uh, and if it turns out we don't sell quite enough tickets then no money is actually going to be taken out of your account. So really, there's no risk to you unless we actually get to go to the film. So you can go through and try to, and, and order your tickets. And if we, we fall short, that's okay. But if we don't fall short, then it's money well spent because you get to come to the event. So either way, you win, right? So let's do this thing. Remember, it's going to be on September the 22nd, a Thursday night. Go to NeverlandPodcast.com. On the splash page, you will find links to buy your tickets. So let's do this. And I'll be talking about this for the next few weeks until we get it going. Also, I do want to remind you that Toon Fest in Marceline, Missouri will be on September 17th. Uh, so if you are wanting to come out to that, I'm planning to go out to that. Uh, come by, say hello. I do get a little shy sometimes if we're just kind of randomly out there. But if you're planning to attend, hey, I, I know, send me an email or leave a voicemail talking about that you, you're coming to ToonFest this year. It will be fun. If you've never been to Marceline, Missouri, Walt Disney's boyhood home, you can go, come and see the farm. You can come see the museum. And it's a fantastic museum. Lots of fun. So, hey, everybody needs to come out and enjoy that event. It is fantastic. You won't regret it. And once you've come once, you're going to want to keep coming coming every year trust me i've been coming for years every year and there's always something new to see definitely worth it come and check it out um and that if you go to tunefest.net you can find out more information about that Alrighty, but i think uh, we better wrap this up thank you for listening to the neverland podcast we invite you back next week for more fun and adventure 
Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.